It's time for Auction Talk with Steffes Group. I'm Rusty Halverson for the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. And we've got Max Steffes in the studio, a third-generation auctioneer with Steffes Group. Welcome back to the studio, Max. How you been? I've been pretty good, Rusty. You know, we gave birth to our second kid there a few months ago, so life's been an adjustment, but I've uh, been good and uh, finished out the auction year strong, and life's good. Okay. Well, you've been very busy, and uh, you and I bumped into each other at the North Dakota Grain Dealers Association annual convention, 110th year for the uh, the convention, and uh, saw each other at the trade show. Uh, what did you take away from the event, Max? Yeah, so the grain growers, they, they also host a trade show, which we're involved. Uh, we have a booth at the uh, event there, and um, it's nice to be there. A lot of those individuals sell assets with us, market assets with, with us, whether it's a elevator asset or a fertilizer tender or miscellaneous equipment that's no longer needed for those facilities. So we uh, like to be in front of that audience and visit with some of our friends there, and it was good to run into you too. Yeah, what, what has been your experience when it comes to grain elevators and auction sales over uh, recent years, uh, what usually do you sell, uh, uh, the people that are selling, uh, how does that work, Max? Well, being in the business since 1960, the Steffes Group has sold everything from, from large, uh, grain handling facilities to Harley Davidson collections. So we've, we've got a fair amount of experience marketing those grain handling facilities and sometimes they're farmer owned, sometimes they're uh, cooperative elevator owned or, or, um, you know, incorporated elevator owned. We've sold, uh, you know, a number of assets throughout the Midwest here recently, mm-hmm. uh, most recently in Moorhead, Minnesota and Bull Bells, North Dakota. Oh, really? Also down in uh, Minnesota as well. Um, some assets for uh, Ag Country, the former pipeline facilities. So that was always an interesting project to see, uh, you know, who was interested in those assets and who ultimately came away with them. Now, um, I, I, I don't want you to get into specifics or anything like that, but are some of these auctions related to the elevator uh, just closing down because they don't have a customer base or is is it uh, you know what are the reasons that sometimes they want to uh, move on their assets and have an auction sale well as you said the circumstances are always a little bit different so we have uh, liquidated elevators for cooperatives that have totally dissolved or are planning on dissolving and part of that is liquidating their assets um, so that, that has been the motivating factor behind the sale in the past. Mm-hmm. Also, we've sold facilities for, for companies that uh, maybe made an acquisition and that company had an asset that was not needed due to other facilities in that trade region. So um, disposing of unneeded assets, if you will, is another motivation. And also on the farmer side too, you know, occasionally someone retires and they don't want to maintain that bin site. They they choose to rent out the land, mm. but they don't want to own the bin site and be a renter landlord on that bin site. So we've marketed some some grain handling facilities for farmers through the years as well. Okay, okay. Now, Max, you and I have talked about land values quite a bit on our show, and uh, when it comes to land values, as we look into the crystal ball for the year ahead, twenty twenty three. Uh, recently, commodity markets have been strong, uh, driving some positive income for many producers, but input prices are still a concern. Uh, have you seen any uh, effect on buyer attitudes in the current environment? Yes, we have. And, you know, in, in agriculture and in, in the auction business for us, sentiment is everything. Mm. Farmer sentiment, lender sentiment. 
And right now I would tell you that uh, there's, there's kind of a gray cloud, if you will, but sentiment is still very good. And the gray cloud would be defined by concerns over interest rates, increased input uh, costs, increased rent costs, and those sort of factors. So those are all relevant concerns. Yeah. Uh, they have not adversely affected the land market just yet. And we don't foresee that happening until possibly later on this year. But you know what, Rusty, you look at the, you look at the board and you report on it every day. Uh, the commodity prices, some of them are as good as they've ever been this time of year, yeah. historically. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as you and I visit, you know, we've got corn futures on the board around six bucks a bushel, uh, new crop soybeans uh, up over 13 bucks a bushel, uh, spring wheat over uh, eight to nine dollars a bushel. So, yeah, that, there's got to be a little optimism there, at least. There is, and the three leading indicators that we always point to, commodity prices are first and foremost, and if you keep commodity prices up where they are, I think we're going to be stable all the way through this year. Okay. Let's talk about uh, inflationary pressure. Uh, It's difficult to forecast, uh, but uh, with that inflationary pressure, potential land buyers, will it make them a little bit gun-shy because we've seen some pretty handsome land values in recent auction activity? Yes, you know, it's a concern anytime you talk about the macroeconomics, inflationary pressures that are out there, certainly a concern. But on the land side of things, land is typically viewed as a hedge against inflation. So there's been some benefit to that too, because it is viewed as such a safe place for for your wealth and and, a store of uh, wealth. Okay. Now, uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, that kind of investment, um, gold used to be, or maybe still is, something that people want to hold on to. Land, same thing. Physical assets, something you can go drive by and see and kick and smell and feel. There's something about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, uh, today's land market values uh, creating a lot of opportunity for landowners wanting to take advantage of those current values. Uh, What are your recommendations for landowners looking to maybe disperse some of their assets. What do, what do people need to keep in mind when they're making that decision? Well, put simply, uh, it's pretty dang good right now. And the old saying is, get while the getting's good. Yeah. And I would tell a seller, if, if you're considering exiting in the next five years, I would plan to do it as soon as practical. And, you know, that's always preface that with the right time to have an auction is when you're ready. But uh, if you are of the mindset that you want to make a family transition or you want to transition, Things are so good right now. And I look back to the last run-up that we had in 2012 and 2013. Uh-huh. It took eight years to get back to where we were. And in the 80s, when that deal corrected in 1981 about, it took 20. Mm. So if we do have a correction of sorts, um, you know, you've got to consider that from a family planning standpoint. You're going to have to hold it for possibly five to ten more years if, if we have another correction like that. And I don't foresee a a drastic cor- correction like we saw in the 80s with the farm crisis and the interest rate. There's just too good of debt-to-equity ratios on these farm operations for that to happen, in my professional opinion. Yeah. But things are really good right now, and my message would be get out while the getting's good. Okay, okay. And uh, that leads into the next question. Uh, a big part of your job, to do a great job, is consultation. Uh, you know, those decisions aren't easy to make. Uh, what do you enjoy about the conversations that you have with families or landowners uh, that make your job fulfilling? 
For me personally, I love the history. I, I love local history. I love farm history. I love learning about the story, uh, that family's story, and how that farm was acquired, uh, who maybe had homesteaded on that, how long had it, it been in the family, and a lot of times it's hundreds of years. And uh, I love learning about that and hearing about the personalities and the great-grandfather and all those cool stories that come out of that conversation and learning more about the client through that and what's important to them and ultimately what's going to lead to their decision and how I can fulfill their wants and needs. And you're a third-generation auctioneer, so you guys have been practicing for quite some time. We have 60, <laughs> geez, 63 years. We're getting pretty good at it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, uh, weather often sets the tone. We talked about some of those leading indicators uh, like the markets, but weather often sets the tone for the agricultural sector. And then it seems like some from some of the forecasts, we're, we're on the upswing from the, the drought conditions we've seen in, in many parts of the country, uh, not maybe all the way back everywhere, but uh, you're not a weather forecaster, Max. I'm not going to put you on the spot there. But uh, for your buyers and sellers and some of the farmers that you've been talking to, is there more optimism out there, uh, out there for 2023 as we, as we begin this new year? Yeah, and it, you know, when you talk about weather, I go back to the sentiment conversation. And we really struggle in the auction environment when sentiment is poor. So when weather trends change and things dry up in a particular area, we feel that almost instantly. Mm. You know, so you talk about doing an auction sale in the middle of July. We try to avoid that if we can, if it's a substantial sale, because there are so many uncertainties. But as we sit today, I would tell you that people are fairly optimistic in terms of the 2023 growing season, mostly because of the prices. Yep. And if the prices are there, even if you have a poor yield, you can, you can live to farm another year, if you will, and uh, suffer through a poor yield. Okay. Now, um, uh, just a off off the cuff question: When it comes to seasonal auction trends, when are you guys most busy? I would tell you on the farmland side of our business, most farms are sold after the crop has been harvested and before it's planted. So, uh, on the farm retirement side of things, spring always historically was the busy time. Um, in today's world, fall is also very good, both before the uh, corn and soybean harvest in that September time frame and afterwards. But uh, coming into March, February, those are typically one of our busiest times of the year. With the 179 deductions, the tax deduction, you can deduct, I think this year, past year, it was up to a million dollars. December has quickly become one of our busiest months because of that. Those year-end purchases to fulfill those tax, de tax deductions have been huge in driving sellers to the market. You know, when you bring up taxes, uh, uh, you're not a lawmaker, you're not a lobbyist, but uh, what happens on Capitol Hill and some of those things, um, that may affect buyer decisions, do you think? Hugely. You know, with a stroke of a pen, as we always say, things can change and you take away that 179 deduction or, you know, last year there was talk, I think it was two years ago, about the stepped-up basis being removed. Yep. Those are all major, major um, impacts that could adversely affect the assets that we sell, whether it's uh, construction equipment on an infrastructure bill or, um, you know, interest rates uh, through the Fed and, um, you know, uh, tax-related laws that are passed, those all adversely affect the machinery and land values. Now, uh, some folks might think you're just an auctioneer, but these are factors that you really take into consideration when you do consult with customers. 
you've got to know a little bit about everything. And, um, you know, we're not experts in any one of those fields, but we're pretty well versed in terms of what's going on. And we try all of our representatives and people that are counseling potential sellers try to stay in the fold a little bit and stay in the loop in that regard. We'll have more Auction Talk with Max Steffes coming up in just a moment on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Welcome back to Auction Talk with Steffes Group. I'm your host, Rusty Halverson, talking with Max Steffes, a third-generation auctioneer with Steffes Group. You and I talk about land values a lot, and um, uh, a land survey is coming out here in the month of January. Um, do you have any expectations? Uh, what are you expecting to see? Yeah, so the report is the North Dakota chapter of American, uh, the American Society of Farm Managers and Rural Appraisers, and the North Dakota chapter puts together an annual report. And it's not like the USDA FSA reports, which are based on surveys. This report I really like and enjoy and look forward to seeing the results because it's based on actual sales. And all of, the, um, all of our competitors, all of the farm managers, all of the banks contribute to this report. And it's it circulated in the form of a, a land value and rent survey. And in terms of what I'm anticipating, I think you're going to see, and we witnessed it personally in the auction business, uh, a drastic appreciation in the value of farmland uh, through 2022, last year. So these are reported sales last year. Okay. And uh, uh, when it comes to those land values, whether you talk about North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Iowa, uh, the entire upper Midwest region, those values have been climbing, as I understand. Yes, they have. I would I would say locally here in the uh, the upper Midwest, the southwest region of North Dakota has probably seen the, the most drastic increase relative to where they were. Land values out there have doubled. You know, pasture that was bringing seven hundred and fifty bucks an acre is now worth two thousand dollars an acre in some cases. Uh, so they saw the dra- the most drastic appreciation here in the valley. Uh, the the average value for high productive, uh, decent farmland in the valley is seven thousand dollars an acre which is based on that survey and early reportings that I'm hearing, okay. which is, is really hard to believe. It's okay. crazy how things have changed. Now, um, uh, just an offhand question. The hunting season is pretty much over, but uh, you sell all sorts of land. But hunting land, are there any recent trends in buyers that want to buy good, productive hunting land out there? I would say that the hunting land market, the recreational land market, is at an all-time high, uh, right alongside cropland and pasture really? land, and that that's primarily related to the macro-level economics of, of the economy. Um, peop- there's a lot of people that are swimming in cash right now and, and looking to make that recreational purchase, whether it's a CRP tract or a tract of wooded acreage up in the Pemina Gorge region. Uh, those tracts of, of uh, recreational land are sought after right now, and it's a great time to to exit if you own own some of those and are considering selling. Speaking of land, some of the biggest names in pro sports, a group including Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, Boston Celtics forward Blake Griffin, and Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Kevin Gossman are buying U.S. farms with their first purchase coming in Iowa. That's going to do it for Auction Talk with Steffes Group on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. KFGO.